The last time we spoke, we were all very optimistic for the future, going into a pay-per-view with a whole lot of questions as far as the creative content, etc., etc., etc. Hype lived up to. Welcome to Wrestling with Egos. However, you might be listening to this show or watching this show, whether you're listening to us on Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, watching us on YouTube, or the famed Intergalactic Radio. Thank you guys so much for making this episode of Wrestling with Egos, episode 129, your uh, weekly destination for information, entertainment, and shenaniganery. There you go, Brian. I had to get that get that made up word in for you. Been a while. <clears throat> I got, a, I got another one. I got another one for you that I'll bust out, bust out for you later that I don't think I've said in quite a while. Uh, my name is Patrick. Uh, thank you guys again so much for joining us. Do not forget to interact with the show. You can hit us up on Wrestling X Egos. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, leave a five star review. However, you might be consuming this crap, <laughs> and just tell the world how much you love us. Um, uh, real quick. The individual socials. I'm at rant mode on Brian's B Kriego one five. Isaac is I the fourth. Um, gentlemen, how we doing? Doing all right. You said hype live up to, and I will agree with you to a point. One particular. Man- I am going to bring the heat on something Ooh. that. With, you know, without giving too much away, unless we're going to lead off with that match, it felt like they were getting, you know, getting all the hallmarks of a previous era out of the way with this one match. What match so would that, that, let, that let's, would be? That would be Brock and Roman. All right. D- flesh out what you just said. I checked out SummerSlam Sunday night because we were otherwise engaged on Saturday with the family. And bank robbery, by the way, guys. Bank robbery. Yes. Um, there'll be there'll be a lottery drawing at the end of the show for uh, your your cut. Um, a lot of what I saw at SummerSlam, I was impressed with. I'll get to that in a second. But when it came time for the main event. I believe my exact words on the chat were call it Roman slash Brock fatigue, but I feel like what else is there to do? And sure enough, Brock gets on the tractor and drives the tractor down, and I'm like, oh, here we go. And I'm going to borrow a line from Patrick. I liked it the first time when Stone Cold Steve Austin used to do it. In my opinion, this match didn't really break any new ground. And maybe that's not what we are asking Brock and Roman to do with their rivalry, which I hope to God is over with, because it's only a 975 DVD box set by now. Um, I guess that kind of spectacle is not what I want out of my wrestling anymore. It was fine when they did it the first time. Was the visual of Roman teetering out of the ring when the, when it was jacked up by the tractor cool? Yes. But it was a momentary coolness, and then I'm like, okay, and now we're going to, now here come the Usos, and now here comes Theory with the briefcase. and It just felt to me like they were trying to get all of Vince's and Bruce Pritchard's hallmarks out of the way, you know, the Captain Billy's whiz-bang of it all, so that they could then move on to Monday night and start all of what we hope is a trend with featuring different people and, and that kind of thing. That that main event, everybody, you know, I, I saw all kinds of great reaction to it online, but it rang hollow for me. Because <clears throat> you guys know by now, that's not the brand of wrestling that I'm out to see anymore. And I guess that it was just not my cup of tea. And I'll leave it at that. Isaac, I will let you go in just one moment. One thing I want to say, it feels like, Brian, when you're saying it's not the brand of wrestling I'm looking for, it sounds like you're starting, it, it sounds, it almost sounds a little of the, the brand of wrestling that I want to see is seven-star matches in the Tokyo Dome. 
Didn't say that. Did not say that at all. I believe my comments at that until the good brother Isaac has gone. Big Bang, you're up. Uh, hey, how are you guys doing? Good to see you. Um, well, tonight, now we're going to start off with this. They, I just, I looked at that match like they're throwing the kitchen sink, and, you know, and trying to end this. Um, yes, do they have, did I expect Brock to use the tractor? A little different, but we have, yes, we've seen it before. Um, then, okay, we're throwing the kitchen sink at Adam. You know, I kind of expected someone to actually put the tractor on somebody and, you know, make sure that they couldn't get up. And that's what I really wanted to see. Um, but that's me personally. That's what I thought they were going to do and then beat up everybody else, you know, to make sure that it didn't happen, whether it be Roman underneath, whether it be Brock underneath. Um, but that's what I kind of figured they were going to do with it. Obviously, I was wrong. Um, did I want to see did I want to see something different? Yeah, I kind of did. But you know what? It is what it is. It happened. It's over. You know, they couldn't. They tried to end it on a good note, and they move on. Patrick, what'd you think? Ooh. Well, boys and girls, we're starting tonight off with a fight. And here we go. Boys, y'all are wrong. And here's why. They <sighs> did, Brian, Mr. Kriego, they did not get all of Vincent Bruce's tried and true tropes. Ooh, alliteration, boys and girls. I am good at that. But they did not get Bruce and Vince's tried and true tropes out of the out of the way. What they did was more or less what Isaac said. They threw the entire kitchen sink at that match. And here's why. Go out with a bang. That is going to be the last time you see Brock and Roman. Because if you list it, go back and watch it. As Roman was clocking Brock with the Universal title belt after he'd already used the WWE Championship title belt, he said, don't ever come back. Bam. That's the last time we're going to see those two in the ring facing each other. Ever. That was, to use a Triple H match, the end of an era. Now, in terms of... I'm, I'm throwing out my disagreements with what things that you, got, you guys have said. You both said, we've seen it before in terms of like the tractor, you know, comparing the tractor to Austin and the ATV. No. We, and here's why. The Undertaker, when he would come out on his motorcycle, never used the motorcycle in a match. Steve Austin, when he was the sheriff of Monday Night Raw, right around on his ATV, Never used the ATV in the match. Brock Lesnar used the tractor in the match and lifted the flipping ring up, and which was awesome, by the way. For the record, the funniest thing out of all of that is seeing all the different videos of people on TikTok afterwards putting Roman falling out of the ring to uh, the song from uh, Titanic. My heart will go on? Yes, that one. That was great. It was so funny. Um... I thought it was a great match. I thought, to me, it was, the, it was, in my opinion, the second best match they've ever had. The best one being, um, I think it was the greatest Royal Rumble, the one in Saudi, where Brock speared. Uh, I'm sorry, Roman speared Brock through the cage and they had the stupid schmas where, oh, well, he went out, so Brock was actually the one that won that whole cluster, but the match itself was killer. Um, I thought this match was just as good. Another reason I, I chuckle at the fact that Brian didn't like it, Brian didn't like it, just like he didn't like the... Hell in the Cell match between Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt. 
because Bray kept getting up. Don't, no, 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 no. You, we will go back on this show. You liked the match. What you didn't like was the fact that Bray kept getting up. I remember it vividly. Whoa, 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 whoa. I remember it vividly because I had to explain to you that Bray Wyatt as the fiend was Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, the list goes on and on. They did the exact same thing with Brock. Keep, you know, constantly getting back up at the end. The same way they did with the fiend, which was the part you hated. The problem I have with the Hell in a Cell match with Bray and Seth is that a Hell in a Cell match is not supposed to end in a freaking no contest. I agree with that, but you also don't, I will find this show. You said it. You did not like the fact that Bray, that, that the Fiend just kept getting up. I remember. I don't remember it. saying that, but I'll I'll give that one to you, and I feel like we're getting too far afield on things. We're not. I'm I'm using I am using that as a reference. I think in a in you're fifty percent right about what you said before. My tastes have evolved a little bit. Fifty percent. Brian, right. as you know, the twenty-one year old Brian probably would have dug this match. The forty-six year old Brian now, my tastes have evolved a little bit, and. I think the hallmark of a great rivalry is, does the rivalry grow and evolve with every passing match? And I'm sorry, but for me, in my mind, this did not break any new ground for the two of them. Because absent the tractor, we've seen it all before. And then there's the fact that the tractor took 20 minutes to get to the ring. Uh, No, no, no. We're not going to talk about the entrances yet. And I, 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 I am outlawing the discussion of Brock and Roman's entrances. I am outlawing that into a specific point in the show. You'll know when we get there, boys and girls. Okay. For art. Um, I do not feel the same way you do. Either one of you guys do. And the fact that we've seen it before. No, we have not seen. We have not seen this before. We have not seen Brock get up and get up and get up. Brock had to pretty much have a stake rammed through his heart to actually finish. Oh, by the way, they buried him. Literally under the table and everything else. But let's get off that. Let's get off. Let's stay on the match, but let's get away from Brock and Roman. And let's talk about the real star of that match and the real star, the real show stealer of SummerSlam. And I cannot believe this name is about to come out of my mouth in terms of the show stealer of a WWE pay-per-view. Michael Cole. That's where I thought you were going. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I thought Michael Cole paired alongside Pat McAfee was a revitalization of his career and actually made him not completely suck like he used to. It was like a complete hearing a completely new guy listening and watching SummerSlam. Because the man not only said the word wrestling, he said wrestling, he said WWE fans, he's yelling at referee Chad Patton during the, during the last man standing match, Chad, for the love of God, count faster, which I thought was beautiful. And Brock, and I'm going to censor here because this is just, I swear a lot, but there's one thing I don't do. And here it comes. Brock Lesnar just lifted the ring with a GD tractor. <laughs> and he did not just use the letters, boys and girls. He flat out said it. And I thought that was the funniest freaking thing ever. I'm like, Michael Cole just took the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> that funny as hell. I cannot believe that just happened. Speaking of, real quick, sidebar. 
into my two little worlds because in this world right here, I am talking with my two best friends and we are watching wrestling. In this world over here, I am watching a baseball game. Shout out to the passing of the legendary Ben Scully at the age of 94. Uh, you know what? I won't even say legendary. God, <laughs> as far as baseball play-by-play man are concerned, in my opinion, his voice is what the is what the baseball games on the radio in heaven sound like. <clears throat> I don't believe what I just saw. I'll do you one better. The movie for love of the game. It's been ages. I got to go back and watch that. It's been ages. I pulled it up. Um, a co- I-, I pulled it up yesterday um, because of because of his passing and just hearing him call that game during the movie. I'm like, oh my god, this is beautiful. And I found something that I died during. I found a YouTube video, and I'll share. I'll share it to you guys after the show when I find it. Vin Scully doing the "People Will Come" Ray speech that uh, uh, James Earl Jones did at the end of Field of Dreams. Oh wow! Oh, that was <gasps> goosebump inducing. Oh no, it wasn't goosebumps. I'm 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 just tears. I'm like, oh my god, this is beautiful, and it was. He read it like Vin Scully. I'm like, oh my God. This is just, my God. Anyway, thank you for letting me sidebar on that. We now, ret- we now return you to, our, to your regularly scheduled programming. Um, I'm sorry. I love, this is why we love wrestling, but gun to the head. I haven't used that phrase in a while, but gun to the head. If I could, om- if I had to give up professional wrestling or baseball for the rest of my life. Sorry, this show's over. <laughs> but I'll, I'll I'll bring you back on track really quick. There, that's one of the things that I did like about the weekend that was that liked it about SummerSlam and liked it more more so about Raw since I guess we're going to kind of blend these things together a little bit. There's been an obvious tonal shift in the okay. vernacular in the presentation. I thought it was Michael Cole just being told, go ahead and shoot from the hip. Just go out and and talk about what you're seeing. Don't worry about semantics. Don't worry about, you know, this this prepackaged list of phrases that we have to use and and the things you're not allowed to say. You know, just go out and, and do what most broadcasters do. Vin Scully, for example, never had somebody yelling in his ear, you know, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers universe, damn it. No, it's the fans. Right. You know, it's, it's familiar. It's, you know, it's Americana and, and, and on and on and on. And I think Michael Cole is finally being allowed to just talk about what's happening in front of him. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I feel, I feel like, I, I feel like a dog, a, a rabid dog got let off the leash because he went for it. Uh, proof in all of that. I think the one match I enjoyed in, for, in terms of just commentary alone, the one match I enjoyed more than anything was Corbin versus McAfee. Because you have on commentary Michael Cole, who in earnest calls Pat McAfee one of his best friends. And, uh, and his color commentator is Corey Graves, who in real life is one of the best friends of Baron Corbin. Like, this is great. My, this is like... You know, you know, duck season, rabbit season, <laughs> the entire way through. It was so awesome to hear that, to hear the, and not it be a gimmick like I'm trying to turn heel, but hear that heartfelt conflict of interest. It's almost like when you and I argue. Yeah. It's coming from a genuine, it's not coming from, geez, I got, I got to play a role here. No, it's coming from. This is what I believe, and, and you're coming from this is what I believe, and no, you're wrong, and no, you're wrong. You know, right. it's, it's you know, it, 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 there's nothing more authentic than that, I, I don't think. Um, you're wondering, and, and Patrick knows where I'm about to go with this, and so does Isaac, because I watched the show the following night, and on the chat, I saw 
Does he know yet? I don't think he's watching it. Don't ruin the surprise for him. Oh my God, don't tell him yet. In between the you know the Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair started the night off with a banger, which as they are wont to do. Uh yeah. So mad props to both of them. I did not realize that Becky separated her shoulder. Um, I would have to go back and figure out where that happened. But Bianca Belair is celebrating in the ring after a handshake from Becky, which they did left-handed. That should have been my first clue. And Bailey's music hits. And I get on the chat, OMG, OMG, and then, then RJ's like, wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but wait, there's more. Yeah. And then the very next music you hear is Dakota Kai. And I think my exact words were, Dakota Kai too, my heart just grew three sizes. Little did I know they were, of course, coming back as heels. Why wouldn't they? Fine, that's fine, that's great. You know, and then they brought Io Shirai with them, too, who is now going as Io Sky, who had a wonderful match on Monday before it turned into schmaz. Um, uh, let me shorten that sentence for you. Io Shirai had a match. Oh, Io, Io Sky had a match. <laughs> yeah. So, this is... What I'm looking forward to, because as we were talking about, okay, who's watching Raw live? Is anybody, you know, spoilers, whatever. I said my biggest fear, because I'll be pretty close to watching it live. My biggest fear is that, you know, that they, they, they get out all expository. Somebody comes out, an authority figure comes out and says, this is the new era. And I don't want that because <laughs> every time they've done it before, it's never been a new era. Oh. How about we go out with some women? How about we go out with a great match right off the jump? And that's what we had. We had they actually had the women leading our or Becky Lynch came out and, and cut a, a babyface promo. And I'm like, and I don't want Roman to open the show either. We can do without him for a minute. There's other people backstage that have the talent and the chops. Becky Lynch didn't just cut a promo. Becky Lynch didn't just turn babyface. Big time Bex died and the man returned. Yep. And I was like, all right. Cause you know, she, cause uh, you know, she's like, I don't, I, you know, um, the match doesn't define me. I define the match. And then she said, you know, the man doesn't define me. And then she paused and I'm like, say it, say the word. I define the man. <laughs> or I'm defined as the man or something yeah. like that. And, um, which was just uh, amazing. A um, couple things. You mentioned the fact that Bianca and Becky had a banger of a match like they want like they want to. Um, be short in that sense for you. Bianca and Bailey had a match. <laughs> um, every match that they've had has been just that is instant chemistry. I could watch those. We we talk about, you know, we all got, there was Brock and Roman fatigue. I will never get tired of Becky and Bianca. And as angry as I was last year at SummerSlam, the way it went down with Becky beating Bianca in like 20-something seconds, I, we, I, I think all of us were kind of like, what are you doing? But hindsight you know, the long-term thing now, Bianca had to work back to that, and then Becky had to come back and prove herself and uh -huh. earn the mutual respect and all that kind of stuff. So I get it now. I, when we saw it this time last year, I don't think any of us were, were willing to bet that WWE was playing the long game with this. And they clearly were, even before everything happened with Vince. They were playing the long game with this rivalry, and this entire year with their rivalry has been amazing. Isaac, you've been quiet for a while. Your thoughts on uh, Becky, Bianca, and go ahead and expound on the uh, appearance of, apparently their collective name is Control. That's what they're being called now? Control? I, I'm That's here what the tweet said. I'm hearing that they're going to be called Control. Okay. Then I'll break out my headphones and Janet Jackson and go from there. Um, Never going to stop. Oh, come on now. Don't, don't act like you didn't know that was the first thing I was going to think. Control! Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'll sing the whole song right now. We'll, we'll get demonetized. So. <laughs> I, was, 
Rhythm Nation guy than Control, but that's just. I'm just Janet. I'm a Janet Jackson guy. That's what I am. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to, back, back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, with Bianca, Becky, they are taking that division to the next level. They are putting on some five-star matches. They are really, you know, putting in some work. I'm not, you know, downplaying any, anyone else in the division, but they are really... They're really putting something together, and it's really nice to see. You see a, an, an athletic person like Bianca doing what she does and just being like a little bit head and, head and shoulders above everybody else when it comes to the athleticism that she has, especially in the women's division. Um, Real quick, that was the second longest match of the entire night behind the uh, last man standing match. Uh, every match on this card, with the exception of two, went over 10 minutes. About freaking time. Right. <laughs> Even Corbin and McAfee went 10 minutes and 40 seconds. I'm not surprised by that, actually. Great. Um, but can we... Can we flip gears? Can we can talk about Bianca and Becky all night? Can we talk about another very, very sneaky, good match? Holy crap. Logan Paul. I was hoping we get a chance to talk about him because another example of a celebrity not just there for a paycheck. No. If you haven't seen the, the his impulsive interview with Triple H... Logan Paul sits there in awe of Triple H. He's, real quick, it's not just Triple H. They advertise it as just Triple H. Steph's involved, too. Right. I, well, I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, Steph if gets it's involved. It's about an hour 20. I, I got it like 40 minutes into it. But you can tell, like, he is in awe of what everybody there does. And he wanted, and he, sometimes, like he said, I still can't believe it's me doing all this. Because he talks about in boxing, I got to focus on one thing. You know, I just got to, I, I don't care about the crowd so much. I got to make sure I don't get my block knocked off of me, was, was I think how he said it. But now there's so much more to what we're doing at WWE. And he's right, you know, because it's, it, it's a dance with your partner and it's making the audience feel and it's all of those things that we love so much about wrestling. But I'll go ahead and put Logan Paul right up there with Bad Bunny and Pat McAfee and people from outside the, the traditional avenues of wrestling that come in but are putting in the work to make sure that what they're doing is at, at, at least passable, but in most cases, you know, head-turning. Yes, and Logan Paul, for me, I think what <clears throat> that has gotten my attention is... You knew that he was a really good athlete to begin with. And he, right off the rip, has put his athleticism on display, both in his Mania match with The Miz and his match this past weekend against The Miz at SummerSlam. Unreal agility on that guy. And he's not a small dude. No, he's not. No. You're going to compare the sizes. He's bigger than McAfee. So, I mean, just kind of put it in perspective there. Um, I, at the same time, that match for me solidified The Miz as one of, like, the most underrated best to ever do it. Because, you know... You made the statement, it you know, it's, you know, a dance with a partner. You know, Logan Paul said that in his podcast while he was talking with, uh, with Hunter. But who does The Miz really have stinkers with? It's been a long time. He has, at worst, his, no, don't get me wrong, he doesn't usually churn out five stars, but you can, you, you can easily... You can bet on getting a three and a half out of him. You know, he may not hit a home run, but you know what? He'll get you a double. 
you go back and you look at that talking smack uh, napalm he dropped on Daniel Bryan uh, three years ago or whatever it was, he did not say anything that wasn't true. No. You know, you call it boring. I call it dependable. I call it, you know, safe. I call it, you know, I show up every time. What, what are you doing? You had to go home again. As long as long as of a career as he's had, he's had one prolonged absence because of injury. And that was recently. Right. So, I mean, the Lovebird and I were talking about this uh, in, the, in the lead up to SummerSlam, how um, the Miz is another person that she's come around on. Because she keeps bringing up his time in the real world and what a, a, a douche you know, she thought he was. But he's won her over because of all the work he's put in. And then, and then because of what kind of a person he is off of wrestling. Because we watch Miz and Mrs. all the time. And he's got a heart of gold when it comes to his family, obviously. Um, but I think the thing that I'm most excited about and this is this is the through line for all of this for me is and I'm going to put this at the feet of Triple H primarily. Stephanie and Nick Khan might have something to do with this, but I think it's more Triple H just realizing, you know, what we have an awful lot of people in our employ that are awfully good at professional wrestling. So we might as well let them do what they do. Going back to Logan Paul for a second, we might be able to indirectly credit him for unlocking something else in Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Because Tommaso Ciampa, as Logan Paul has become more of a fixture, has been allowed to get on the mic a lot more. It's not Miz carrying that partnership either. It's Ciampa spewing the venom that all of us NXT people know that he is more than capable of spewing at the drop of a hat. Just, you know, just get on his bad side and you will know yeah. That that has happened. And now he's got um, a United States Championship match against Lashley coming up. I forget when. Monday. Monday. I don't know if they were saving it for the next premium live event or if it's if it's a Raw thing. I have a theory, and I don't mean the guy that has the money in the bank. Yikes. Well, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Champa wins. And, but not for the reasons you're thinking. Where's Raw Monday night? Is this, this is Cleveland? Cleveland. Oh, Lord. Something tells me. He's, al- he's already brought in Bailey, brought back Dakota Kai, brought Io Shirai, Io Sky, up from NXT's obscurity. What is stopping Paul Levesque from calling Johnny Gargano and say, hey, you and Tommaso main roster? What do you think? Shut up and take my money. I'll, I'll watch Champa Gargano every Monday night. Every sure. Monday. Um... Because there's still tread left on those tires. You can create tread. <laughs> I mean, the, the wheels can still be spinning and you can be sewing more crap onto that thing. Trust me. That is a that is a feud that will continue to write itself. All you have to do as you're going forward is keep looking behind and and just looking at what has happened in the past. It all just keeps the circle of crap. <laughs> it's a wheel of ass whoop. Okay. Yeah, this, uh, sorry. I'm let me ask you, that gentlemen, let me ask you gentlemen another question. Was there anything about SummerSlam or Raw that fell flat for you? Was there anything that they did where you're like, you know what? Uh... I got one. The combined time of the entrances, here it comes, of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns was longer than the combined match times of the two shortest matches on the card. 
Um, Bobby Lashley and Theory went four minutes and forty-five seconds with Lashley with with Lashley uh, retaining the United States title, and Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey went four minutes and thirty-five seconds in an absolute turd of a. Yeah. So do the math there. That's nine minutes and 20 seconds. Roman and Brock's combined entrance time was close to 10 minutes. Jesus. Roman's entrance, which is already Undertaker-esque in length as it is, took six minutes. That's crazy. I mean, my God in heaven. So it that's what I hate. This match, I went back and looked. This pay-per-view, for as great as it was, and as much as people are raving about it. Um, let's see if I can pull up exactly where that was. Okay. Um, the combined time of in-ring action for this match, for this entire show. One hour, 36 minutes, and 48 seconds. Which, and this is uh, coming off of cage side seats. Um, which is roughly 44.1% of the show. For comparison's sake, the overall match time percentage for all 132 WWE pay-per-views since the start of 2013, 536 That's crazy. That's what that is. Insane. But here, this is the one thing about what they're doing with these pay-per-views, especially now that they're on Peacock, is you have these these video bumpers that just talk about some, you know, clips of someone that's not on the show. We saw a clip for Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler, and guess what? Neither one of them were even near the ring. I don't need to see that. I need to see things that are relevant to what I just saw, I am about to see, or I will be seeing later tonight. I don't need to see a guy who also... I I don't need to see a video package of a guy who, by the way, wasn't even on Monday Night Raw the next night. We got a video package of Kevin Owens during SummerSlam, and we did not get, but we did not see Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw. Last thing I want to say about SummerSlam, uh, about what we did see and who did show up, was one of my absolute favorites, Edge. Um, that entrance was gnarly. <laughs> That was about as intense as it gets with him coming up through the ramp, the fire, and him just screaming. Um, it sounded like it was actually a metal version of the brood theme that he came out to. And then the very next night, he came out to good old-fashioned metal lingus by Ultra Bridge, uh, which I'm not against seeing. I'm not against hearing. Um, I, my, my preferred edge insurance thing although i did dig i do dig the other side um and we're obviously gearing up for an edge versus balor yes please program i I think there's more to it than that i think we're also gearing up to edge versus priest edge and somebody versus priest and balor and 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 one of those two guys and Rhea versus yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Copeland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of story to tell there, too, because, you know, he had the line on Monday, I'm going to kill what I created. Right. And you I know. got Rhea in the role that she's in is absolutely just money. And come on, you can't tell me you would not want to see Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix kick the crap out of each other in a ring. Get over yourselves if you're going to tell me no. Child, yeah, slick. Yeah, not even even close. Um, as far as SummerSlam, as far as Monday Night Raw, before we kind of move into other television products, um, 
Is there anything else that stood out to you guys? Either one of you, you know, something that stood out. There's one thing, and Isaac, I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm cutting you off. Not, it has nothing to do with the shows themselves. I haven't done any research on this, and I don't know if it's legit or if it's a scam. But it ticks me off. Lately on my Facebook feed, I guess because I looked at wrestling t-shirts a time or two, those kind of ads pop up in my Facebook feed. And I've been seeing some shirts that allegedly are being sold on WWEshop.com. There's been about three or four different ones that feature what is clearly Vince. And the tagline in one of them reads, if people think I'm the devil, then let them go ahead and think it. That t-shirt's been around for a while. Okay. Because I was gonna, I was about to say, like, if you're still if pushing this crap, um, that okay. That T-shirt has been on .com for a while. It was ne- it's not one that sold in um, that sold in uh, in venues, but it's been on .com for okay. a while. Because I, I I should have brought that up beforehand, you know, say hey, I wanted to mention this, but I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So of course I hit the X because I don't want to see it anymore. Um, but I get the, you know, I, I get the sense that people are looking at it because I'm sure there's still some apologists out there somewhere under some rock, you know, if it's being hawked. Yeah, well, there's always going to be an apologist for something in this day and age. Don't get me started. I'm in, right. a, I'm in a little bit of a salty mood, and if we go down that road, we're just going to be just un, you know, unscrewing the top and just going. Pfft. So. Right. Yeah. Isaac, was there anything else that stood out to you on either Saturday or a Monday night? No, not off the top of my head. Just excited to see what direction that they're going to go after Monday night. What I am looking forward to is tomorrow night and just to see what we hear from Michael Cole. Uh, And I also I'm also very curious to know. Where we're going with Roman after Clash at the Castle when he beats Drew. Because you cannot tell me that just because they're doing a show over in England that they're going to put the title on Drew. I can't see it, especially being the fact that you're only going to be giving him the title off of a four-week build. No, you do not give a title to someone off of a four-week build by beating someone that's held the championship for 700 days. He is 30 days away from holding the title for two years. Staggering. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not tired of it. That's the sad thing. You would think, oh my God, he's held the title for two years. Nope. Just like we discussed last week, Roman is starting to get cheered. Stands in the middle of the ring, you know, Nashville, SummerSlam, acknowledge me. I mean, he's getting pops. Uh, real quick, last thing. Did you, got, did you guys see the camera angle from Brock when he introduced himself and then tossed the mic to Roman? Did you guys see the camera angle? Was it the go- was that the GoPro on the? No, he had the microphone, and then tossed the um, the mic to to Roman, and Roman simply goes, catches it like, puts his hand out, catches it, mic cube it here, the stick here, the head of the microphone here, just catches it, puts it to his side, and then winked at Brock, just, just not. Yeah, you know, I think I did. That. I'm like. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, Roman, you're all Roman has a golden horseshoe up his ass right now because everything the dude touches is money. And then he pulls that one off. I'm like, no, screw you, dude. Screw you. Let's go ahead and flip gears to something in the world of AEW that I am uh, uh, that I am really, really excited about. And that is last week the uh the, the unveiling of a of the trios championships. We're going to be having a tournament for that very starting very soon. And 
this is something that a lot of people have been hoping for and speculating and wishing for for over a year now because there's so many three-man factions inside AEW. Um, so the fact that we're finally going here is really awesome. Just off the top of your heads, who, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to get the Undisputed Elite. We're going to get, you know, Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly. Because honestly and truly, if they if they beat up the Young Bucks like they did on Dynamite, spoiler alert, guys. Um, if they did that, then that probably means that they're all going to be involved. Which also means we're probably going to get the Bucks and Hangman uh, as a team. What? Death Triangle? Best Friends? House of Black. Do we do we get a trio of of Blackpool or no? I would say no because obviously with Mox holding the championship, it's going to be hard for him. I mean, I, I guess it all depends on what event they're doing this at. I mean, if if, if they don't have plans to defend the championship, I like say like Grand Slam, for example, whenever they're going to be in New York. You know, for Arthur Ashe, like if that's going to be the the where they crown him, or if it's going to be all out, I don't. You know. But think about this. Another reason I don't think they would do Blackpool is is Brian Danielson playing the hurt angle after he lost after after he lost that match to Daniel Garcia, which was so good. Um, but yes, kiss. Ex- excluding Danielson, everybody else in Blackpool Combat Club has a championship. Claudio Wheeler and Mox, yeah. I mean, so that's a, you know, that's another reason I don't think they would do it. Um, Who else are you guys thinking in terms of teams to throw in there? So you've already named four. You said Best Friends, Death Triangle, Undisputed Elite, and the Bucks and Hangman. House of Black. House of Black would bring us to five. I still think Blackpool is going to do it. And the reason I say that is because, remember, yes, the three of them have titles. But, hell, so did the Horsemen when they went and, and won the, tag, won the um, six-man titles. They all, had, they all had belts. Yes, they did. But, you all, but in the grand scheme of things, while, you're, while you are absolutely right about that, depth was an issue then. Depth is not an issue now. They had the horsemen had the titles, much like Evolution had all the titles, because it was, you know, to piss everybody off. And also in terms of those six-man titles that were rolling around the NWA way back in the day, there there was the horsemen, and there was a bunch of other there was a bunch of, as I like to call them, and teams. So and so and so and so. Dark Order, some configuration, and then would bring us to six. Jericho Appreciation Society could put three people in there and bring us to seven. And Dark, Dark Order's done. I mean, think about it. You know, Silver and Reynolds are around. Alan Angels is gone. Um, you know, Stu Grayson's gone. Anna's now Jericho Appreciation right. Society. I mean, Dark Order's but kind you got of. You Evil Uno. I mean, you got Evil Uno. Uh, Grayson and Johnny Hungy. Er, yes, Evil Uno, Reynolds and Gray and and John Silver and Evil Uno could be your three for Dark Order if you still want to hang on to it. Or Preston Vance. Right. Um. So I. So now we need an eighth. I'm sure Andrade. You know, could recruit. I mean, he he's got minions now. Andrade, Roosh, and somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, if they wanted to make it an eight trio tournament, they very easily could. Too much more than eight, I feel like, then we're going to be going on for a while. Right. I think we're going to have, I think it's going to be overkill doing it that way. I hope we get more than like a four team tournament because then we just don't have anybody. You know, we have four teams and we we're, somebody's going to get left out. It's like the yeah. BC. Right. Um, 
but it's been brilliant storytelling to yeah. get us to this point between the elite and the and the Bucks. Absolutely. Um. So because I, I honestly did not see it coming when all five of them came out. I thought it was just going to be another, you know, aren't we great and all that kind of stuff. I did not see until it actually happened that Adam Cole was going to turn on him. I I completely agree that that was quick, that was sudden, and I thought it was pretty awesome too. So you're booking this. Who is the team that you're going to put those trio ti- trios titles on first? Because I think I know where Brian's going. I'm trying to go against the direction everybody thinks I'm going. But I need a I, I need a reason. And the reason can't just be because the Bucks do everything first. Um, they're not. They're not mine. They're, they're not, not even team. I mean, by that logic, how do you not put them on Cole Fish and O'Reilly? Because they've kind of been in and out of the periphery of things. And yeah, Adam Cole was the. Um, you know, he won the Bret Hart tournament and, you know, but he hasn't had a championship yet in AEW. This would be a good first one because you know he's going to be all AEW champion eventually. How could he not be? Right. But this is that first step on the journey, maybe. Right. I think that's the route they're going to go. It's not the route I would go. I, I would go either Best Friends or House of Black. House, House of Black, Black would be. House I, of Black needs it more. I agree, but okay. the, re- the reason I'm but, saying I with one of those two is because that would make for a hell of a final because they're they, they've already got history. Yeah. Uh, that's and that's where I would go with that. I would love to see that. Another thing I would also love to see in that is House of Black winning. By somebody else joining the house. I don't know who. I seriously doubt they would do it with Darby. Because that's just too stinking easy. Yeah. But. I I like that idea. Uh, I would definitely do it on House of Black. I think. I, I think they're criminally. Underutilized in. In AEW, I think what they are doing, I think their presentation is so slick. I love it. Um, there's some great camera work. There's some great lighting work with what they do. What they do with the House of Black. Um, That's why I say they need they need that belt, those trio belts, to solidify them. You I, know. They the bucks don't need it. They real I mean, it'll be great. They can put it under the you know, hey, we did this first, da 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 da. But the House of Black needs it more. And they need to, they need to give them a little bit more shine. I don't need any more all elite nepotism. We've had enough <laughs> of that in the history of this in the history of this promotion as it is. You know, I don't need any more of that. Um so Let's please, for the love of God, move on. Um, let's do something that Matt and Nick Jackson don't have their hands in right off the rip. Because since they're the only EVPs that are that are around right now, they get to, you know, they they get to be Shawn Michaels when he was in the clique. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Shawn. I'm gonna be Dusty. I'm gonna be. Bill Watts, I'm going to be all these guys all wrapped up into one. I know, they, I, I know, bo- I know both Nick and Matt have kids. We're going to have one of their ten year old kid, ten year old kid, beat Wheeler Yuta for the uh, Ring of Ring of Honor Pure Championship because, well, hey, why not? You know, Bill Watts can put his crappy ass son in the ring and let him try, God, horribly to pull off an STF. You know, and then you know. And then, you know, you, on commentary, you have Jim Ross in a match with Dr. Death Steve Williams talking about big number 76 from Oklahoma. 
Gosh, I'm having flashbacks. I know, God. And well, if we're gonna have that flashback, you know what else this match needs? Let's bring out Scott Norton. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So B, did you? Yeah. Who would you put? Who who gets the belts? Well, I mean, I, I came, I, I, I put him on Adam Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly, or I put him on House of Black, because I agree that those three, either of those three needed to legitimize themselves a little bit more than, you know, the Bucks do everything first. Even though I like the storytelling with Bucks and Hangman, you know, learning to trust each other again and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, you know that if Kenny were healthy, it would be the Bucks and Kenny, but. Yes. But yeah. we're not there yet. Unfortunately, yes, we do know that. Yes, it would be that. And I would see that and probably go running and screaming into the arms of Paul Levesque saying, save me from this. Because while the in-ring product in AEW is better, I think the one thing I hate more than anything in wrestling is nepotism. I hate it so much. So, like, please... Please don't do that. You know, I'd rather, I would rather them put the trios title on the team. Uh, I would rather them put the trios title on the gun club than I would have, oh. than I would have them put it on the Bucks and Hangman. Wow. I would rather see the ass boy. Oh, there's, there's your, there's your other team for the eight. Billy, Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a, that is a great thing, by the way. With Dan um, House buddies that did that. That was great. Um, can but, I tell you real quick? Yeah. I've been loving the way they claim have been rhyming when they've been coming out. Oh, my God. Last Never thought in a million years the acclaim the acclaim would would uh, have a fate would have an organic face turn like we talked about last week. Man, we completely missed that one last week, guys. Jeez, I mean they've been they've been killing it. I was just like, wow, you know, when they mentioned Vince McMahon, like I was just like, oh, look on Anthony Bowen's face. <laughs> that that was what did it for me. Sometimes I wonder if he actually knows what Max Caster is going to say. He doesn't. He doesn't know. He has no idea. It's just, I mean, because you can tell when it's a, you can tell when they know it's coming and then you just sit there and you're like, oh, no, he didn't go there. It's just like, wow, they really went there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Shout out to the acclaimed. Scissor me down. That's funny as hell. Um, so, that being said, I think it's about time we can go ahead and wrap this one up. We got a little something fun planned for you guys next week. We don't know the real topic yet, but we're going to dust off a bar talk for next weekend. Ruin a catchphrase by changing one word. I promise you this, I started working on a list and then my bad mood kind of took over everything. I'm going to tell on myself a little bit next week when you guys realize I have a little bit of a dirty mind. <laughs> you? Oofa. No, uh, I, 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 I'm clutching my pearls right now. I am... I, well, I, 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 I'm stunned. He is shook. He is shooketh. Mouth wide open. I'm. I'm stunned. Like I'm just. I do I, declare. I do declare. <laughs> I always phrase hearing it in the, hearing it growing up, but I I think that my favorite period of that actually is in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. The girl that's opposite in the office, opposite Janet Lee, uh, when she sees all that money, she's like, I declare. And then the rich guy goes, I don't. That's why I'm rich. I'm like, man, that is, that is 
gangster line for a Hitchcock film. Um, just like, wow, that's great. Um, so that being said, ooh, God, I got something in my, oh, sorry, train of thought just completely derailed. That being said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here because I'm tired. So next week, we'll ruin catchphrases and we'll... Truth in advertising, folks. Say what? Truth in advertising, folks. We will, uh, we, we will ruin catchphrases. We will probably say some dirty words. Well, at least I will say some dirty words. Brian won't because he's a freaking Boy Scout. Um, Isaac, you oh, you Isaac, know I'm about the Brian. I, we never know with Isaac. Isaac's a clone. <laughs> Isaac, Isaac's, Isaac's, Isaac's a split personality. He's either going to be a saint or he's going to be a sinner. I and am they, a Gemini. Yes, for me, I'm just I a devil. So, well, that being said, we are going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, Brian, your Cubs just gave up a home run, and they are now trailing uh, the <coughs> Cardinals. Um, anyway, moving right along, we're going to get out of here. We will see you guys next week when we ruin catchphrases. For Brian, for Isaac, I almost said for, for, for Brian, for Patrick, I'm Isaac. You know what? For Brian, for Patrick, I'm Isaac. This has been Wrestling with Egos, and this is why we love wrestling. God bless America. I just completely just all over the end of this show. God, I, I promise I took my ADHD meds tonight, guys. I promise. Sure he did. Promise, I swear. <laughs> <laughs>